Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures in Australia and around the world, and their struggles for social justice and a better world. I'm Lourdes Garcia Larque. On today's program, we will travel to Latin America to discuss the current campaigns for reproductive, economic, and democratic rights for women. In recent years, in countries like Bolivia, Venezuela, or Ecuador, amongst others in Latin America, people had witnessed a process of radicalization of the masses and a process of redistribution of wealth and especially political power. Huge resources are being allocated to health and education programs. And of course, this has not happened without the counterattack of the traditional ruling classes and the corporate media, national and international, fiercely attacking such processes. However, together with all the positive transformations, there are also unaddressed issues. One of the most important ones has been women's rights. Latin America continues to be one of the most unequal regions of the globe, where women continue to be victims of gender violence, discrimination, and the absence of specific laws and policies, and particularly a culture that allows their social and economic sovereignty, beginning with still the denial of their right to decide over their own bodies. Only three countries in the area of Latin America and the Caribbean allow for safe legal abortions. These are Cuba, Guyana, and Uruguay. But there are also three countries where abortion is in the penal code and prohibited until every circumstance. And these are Chile, Nicaragua, and El Salvador. To hear more about this, we will talk with Daniel Alvarado. She is an international student from Quito, Ecuador, studying public health here in Australia. She is interested in women's rights, particularly reproductive rights. Danielle spoke in a public meeting organized by Radical Women in Melbourne in October this year. With their permission, we broadcast Daniela's talk. We are here joining together people from Colombia, Mexico, uh, Venezuela, Ecuador, from Australia, I don't know, uh, Chile, uh, Kenya, Filipinas from different parts. And I think these kind of spaces uh, uh, is just to like exchange ideas and experiences and like white network and like uh, learn together about this. So, so thank you again. And I just want to, to give a background before uh, screening the video. Um, first of all, and thank you, really thank you, because I really enjoyed doing this. I, more than doing my assignments, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, productive procrastination, unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, because I'm, I'm learning a lot. I mm. think um, even I've been working in, in gender violence and in activist things and like feminism, but you never stop learning, and also theory, because you can learn in your practice, in your job, in, in a lot of things, but go to the theory, go to the history, to when the things began, what, what are the similarities with other countries, and also things that I didn't knew about my own country, about my, my own people, so it was a really, really good experience. And I think like being in these kind of groups or radical women or organizations is just a process of learning and exchanging mm -hmm. and being generous as well as you have been with me. So thank you about that. So, uh, well, Latin America is one of the 
of the regions that has more inequality of all the world. So that's important to know because that's the background of all these protests that I'm going to show you. So Latin America is conformed with a variety of ancestries, ethnic groups, races, making the region one of the most diverse in the world as well. Um, Spanish and Portuguese are the predominant languages, but 6% of the population also speaks indigenous uh, languages such as Quechua, Mayan, Guarani, Aymara, Nahuatl, English, French, Dutch, and Italian as, as other languages as well. Um, this is important fact that the vast majority of Latin Americans are Christians, mostly Roman Catholics, and about 70% of the Latin American population consider themselves Catholics. And that's important because you're going to see some images in the, in the video related to this. Latin America culture is a mixture of many cultural expressions worldwide. It is a product of many diverse influences, indigenous, Western, African, Asian. But the poverty continues to be one of the region's main challenges according to well, different uh, social analysis. So what I said before, Latin America is considered the most unequal region in the world. Um, just for introducing the video, um, I think it's important to, to talk about social movements and like before talking about a little bit of story of, of feminism, to understand how the social movements uh, begin. So in Ecuador and in Latin America, social movements have, been a, have, have a central role for democratization and social transformation again, against inequality. Latin America dynamic is characterized by diverse protests transgressions as resistance and also vocal collective demands for change. Um, protests movements you're going to see are pretty plural and uh, derive eman uh, emancipation. And the protest question post neoliberalism <laughs> and capitalism. And also uh, you will see how the different um, struggles are together, are linked, not just defending the rights of persons and nature, but also defending um, and like against an hegemonic and attractive economic model. So one thing that is interesting in Ecuador, I could talk about Ecuador because it's really difficult to make a general, generalization about all Latin America because even we have like a lot of similarities, we have a lot of difference between countries. But feminist movements has been part of a lot of social movements and not just about women rights, about nature rights, about because it's against a system, it's against the patriarchy system, the capitalism. So, so um, I just wanted to show some of the protests uh, in, in Ecuador because I think still now, and in Latin America, still now we have the question about, but why, why, why feminism? Or why radical feminism? Or, but women and men are equal? Or why, why, why are you defending like these things? Or what rights, if the rights are already there and guaranteed and you have laws and, consti and constitutions and a lot of things? So. I had some of the uh, I have some statistics statistics that I saw in these days, and I was like amazed. And I I'm gonna send you this, but I'm gonna read some that I think is important to show why we need still to fight a lot more. Um, so in Latin America, there has been in 2013. I'm gonna give some statistics from the last year, and it's pretty difficult to find statistics of gender violence without not being underestimated and also 
like you know statistics are not totally real but anyway shows a little bit of the reality uh, so we have in the last year 1,800 femicides in Latin America and five countries of Latin America have the highest worldwide rates of femicide um, Peru has the highest rate of sexual violence demands that last year they had like 17,000 cases like 50, ra 50 rapes per day um, in uh, in general, in, in Latin America, 45% of women suffered some type of gender violence, like uh, psychological, physical, sexual. Um, in Ecuador, six of each ten women in Ecuador has suffered of sexual, physical, or psychological violence. One from each four women had suffered sexual violence. Um, Mexico, oh, Mexico is, is amazing, and because it's related with a lot of things, you, you, you can see like statistics separated with the whole story, right? So they had in, from 2001 and 2010, almost 15,000 femicides. Um, Argentina, uh, from, yeah, 295 is one each 30 hours. Colombia, 514. Chile 40, Ecuador 97 cases. Well, and I could just continue, but it's, it's, it's just like surprising. Also, um, some other things, um, there's still like high rates of maternal mortality. Um, in Ecuador, in Latin America, six of every 10 pregnancies are unplanned. In Ecuador, three of 10 are unplanned. Um, Venezuela has the highest rate of adolescence pregnancy. Ecuador goes next. And there's a map that I can show you, but, uh, but please, if, if you are interested in, in, in abortion, uh, you can see there's the world's abortion laws, but you can see the map of the world, and with colors, you can see like the relationship between the abortion and like the, um, the restrictive like, legislation of the different countries. So uh, when you have more restrictive legislation, you have more abortion, more mortality rates. So it's like kind of uh, logic. So, but what was uh, surprising for me is that um, the only two countries in Latin America without, without total restriction is Uruguay and Guyanas. And if you see the map, maybe I could show you, this is, on green, so you can see that Africa and South America are the are the continents that has more restriction in abortion, and of course, is the continent that has more mortality rates and more sexual and reproductive uh, complications and different like health issues and social issues. Um, one thing that actually I didn't knew is that the only three countries in the world that has totally prohibited abortion is in Latin America, Chile, Nicaragua, and El Salvador. Um, in Latin America, over four million unsafe abortions are performed. It's considered to have the highest frequency in the world. This is like 31 for every 1,000 women uh, has abortions. And also this relates to high rates of mortal, maternal mortality. So um, we know that abortion is high on countries with less contraceptive prevalence 
and also restrictive restrictive legislation such as like uh, Latin America. All these statistics and all these things has their own sources, so you can see if you are interested as well. Um, also in labor rights, right? Latin America and the Caribbean uh, has the urban unemployment rate of women is still 1.4 times higher than of men. Female unemployment is 8.2 percent, while the male reaches 4.4 percent, so it's like double. Um, also, you can see that one woman participation rate in the labor force is greater than uh, men and um, is also higher in conditions on, of informality. So we ca you can see there's like inequality also in labor rights. So that's, that's some of the, of the data and statistics that make us answer why we have to still like join together and like talk about these things and like keep working and thinking and learning and fighting and going to the streets and struggling. Um, so some just just some of the facts of history of, of um, feminism that, that that was like the topic of the day. You are listening to Accent of Women on Satellite Across Australia, where we are discussing about the history of feminist thinking in Ecuador and Latin America. So there are three waves of feminism in Latin America as well than in other places of, in the world. So some authors address that Latin America feminist movement, movement began in the mid-19th century where small groups of upper-class women began to demand access to universities. So that's, that's pretty similar to what happened in other places in the world. Um, but there was not such a, a name as feminist. It was like more the women's movement, right, uh, fighting for their rights. Um, so there was the first wave working women organized the first strikes of sandpipers, textile workers, and teachers in order to claim decent working conditions for themselves and their families. Another important milestone in this stage was the struggle for recognition of the right vote for women. And this, this thing I learned is that Ecuador was the first Latin American country to accomplish women's vote. And I knew that, but I didn't know that it was first, but it was before Switzerland, before France, before a lot of countries of the first world. So I was like, wow. And actually a lot of Latin American countries were first in accomplishing this right. Um, this was in 1922. After the progressive realization of women's suffrage and to evidence that existing political parties did not incorporate the demands of women, uh, women's political parties were created in some countries such as National Feminist Party in Argentina, the Civic Female Party in Chile, and Evolution Women in Peru. Then you have the feminist movement of the second wave, where uh, it was kind of more subversive phenomenon. Uh, they begin questioning the unique and hegemonic hegemonic, I can never say that word, thoughts about human relationships and social, political, economic, and cultural context were sexual, um, was on fold. So it was interesting here because um, in the 80s, it begins all the, um, 
the fight of the women begin not to be just for women's rights, but also for demo demo democracy. So it was interesting because it begins uh, like opening about thinking not just about one certain um, rights struggle, but from like thinking about the system and about the political issues as, as, as right. So during the 90s, setting up new political scenarios linked to the gradual return of democratic forms, modernization and globalization processes brought important changes that affected social movements and feminism development in Latin America. Seeking access to equal rights for women and men led to the struggle for the recognition of diversity and difference. So that was important because at the beginning, um, I think there's other categories that begin joining together as well, like class and race, because feminists, and, and that's important around the world, begin uh, being, uh, like being in a struggle of white women, middle class women, mm -hmm. and then it just opened to other kind of different women and like other diversity uh, people. But then the struggle was not enough. It's not gender, it's not just violence against women, it's gender violence. And is that affects also <coughs> men and affects lesbian, gays, transsexual, transgender, like a lot of different people. So it opens the, 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 the struggle to a wider field and it begins like recognizing other kind of, of categories to analyze. Uh, one, one important thing that you can see as well in the, in the video is that the join together the indigenous people and also women from, from like the environmental fights related to the, the women's rights and the feminist movements as well. That's called ecofeminism now. And um, so it's interesting to, to, to see how uh, these things join together to the same, the same fight, right? One thing that happened also in Ecuador and in Latin America is that um, the state began, uh, began assuming responsibility of this, of this gender inequality. So they begin like uh, building different laws for equality, laws for women, preventing women's violence, and um, NGOs became related, a lot related with the states, so they began receiving money as well from the government. But in a way, it, it was like a loss of autonomy. So a lot of feminists became part of the government as well, and the social movements, I'm going to talk about Ecuador, uh, like specifically, were really, really weakened. You have really weakened, like, so you don't have these, these, you are, we are now, like, getting strong again because of young, young feminists and because of, of different and new struggles such as sexual and reproductive rights. Like, the review of the penal code really gave a lot of new energy to these movements um, to fight, but actually in the 2013 we, uh, we didn't uh, accomplish what we were like looking for. That was just um, legalize abortion uh, related to rape. That was like the only thing we're going to work on that, uh, but it, it didn't happen. So one thing uh, beyond laws and the constitution, think about feminism, think about rights, think about inequality, 
not without thinking about class, about race, about gender diversity, about inclusion uh, of men, about young women participation, about like learning like the new ways of thinking, of approaching and fighting as well. So I think it's important to acknowledge and learn about the past struggles, about the history, and strength grassroots organizations, but autonomous and independent groups organizations. In Ecuador, there are two actually now, and they are really struggling about like how to be aut autonomous, independent, and how to get funds and like energy and like joining people together and like keep fighting. Uh, but I think it's really, really important that social movements could keep reinforcing and like strengthening to to claim to the to the states, to the government, to to claim the policies. So I think our challenge is to relearn, <laughs> to unlearn as well, and reinforce networks and not not just national but also international. So I think that was like the aim of this meeting how we can learn about like different experience of different countries, how we can join together like different feminists, different women, men that wants to fight and wants to work about these things from different parts of the world. Um, just one word uh, of this uh, really amazing uh, Mexican feminist, Marcela Lagarde. <laughs> Uh, she says, despite the fights of the feminist movements, rights are still denied to us. The division of domestic labor, the media, social inequalities, and gender violence are our challenges. We are listening to Daniela Alvarado, an Ecuadorian feminist doing a master's in public health here in Australia, talking about the struggle of women throughout Latin America. In Latin America, people have experienced massive improvements in terms of economic, social, and political rights that have been beneficial to the majority of poor people by guaranteeing access to health, education, and social services that were before inaccessible. However, women's rights are still in the book of outstanding businesses, not seen as a priority and not discussed in mainstream politics. That, is, that has not been the case of Ecuador, where the issue has been discussed, but the political decision in that respect has meant a step backwards for the feminist movement in Ecuador and Latin America. In Ecuador, despite 65% of the population supporting the right of women to decide, the National Congress and the President Rafael Correa voted a law in January this year that penalizes abortion, making it only possible in the case of imminent threat to the life of the woman, or in the case of rape, but only if the woman suffers from a mental disability. I asked Daniela Alvarado about her views on these laws. It was the campaign for, for legalization of, of, uh, of abortion, but actually um, we have a secular country in quotes <laughs> because um, our president is really religious. And he actually went to the media and he said, this law is not going to pass. And even though the, the people in the parliament were uh, in favor of the law, he went, like a really macho man, <laughs> and he, he just denied uh, the possibility of even debating or question that. And that's it, the close. 
the discussion. That's why I, I put as background that that 70% of, of Latin America says that they are Catholics because, um, yeah, even though they religion is really important in Ecuador uh, still and in Latin, Latin America uh, as well. Um, so still the church has a lot of power and influence in, in the government, first of all. Second, um, Rafael Correa has surrounded, he's surrounded with all these assessors, right, that are really conservative in religions as well. And um, and this topic uh, has never, like, is like totally closed because he is a lot of conservative and religious too. And so, for example, he um, accept to 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 put the uh, emergency contraceptive pill in the uh, the health centers and everything, but because actually he had like evidence based based evidence like for like I don't know we work in six months giving all the evidence like is not abortive has like all the like all the evidence that is not gonna stop a, like a pregnancy and that that's why he accepted because it, it was not related with abortion but that topic was not could ever like be impossible to argue or to discuss and if we have a system and we're talking about patriarchy right and you have like this like hierarchy as well um, uh, government we have a presidential government. Like he's really, really, really important. Like his opinion is really important. So, um, so yes, in a Catholic country, in a non-secular country, in a conservative as well, and uh, in like a hier hierarchy country uh, where because it does, this doesn't pass, and with other things, it's not just by this. So it's kind of a dynamic of of, of this kind of government. Yeah, so. We've just heard from Daniel Alvarado, an international student from Quito, Ecuador, studying public health here in Australia. She discussed about feminist struggle in Latin America and particularly in Ecuador. This talk was recorded in a public meeting organized by Radical Women in Melbourne in October this year. I thank Daniela and Radical Women for giving permission to broadcast this talk. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on today's Accent of Women. If you want to hear this show again or any of our other programs, you can download the podcast from the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au, and that's with the digit 3, not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. You are now listening to Anita Tijus singing Antipatriarca. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. I'm Lourdes García Larque, and I look forward to your company again in our next program. Lourdes García Larque, Lourdes García Larque.
someter, tú no me vas a golpear, tú no me vas a denigrar, tú no me vas a obligar, tú no me vas a silenciar, tú no me vas a callar. No sé mi señor obediente, mujer fuerte, insurgiente, independiente y valiente, romper la cadena de lo indiferente, no pasiva ni oprimida, mujer linda que la vida, emancipada en autonomía, antipatriarca y Protagonista de nuestra historia y la que agita la gente, la comunidad, la que despierta la vecindad, la que organiza la economía de su casa, de su familia. Yeah. 